With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the evening of April 14, 2014, 44-year-old Christine Kirk dialed 911 and told the dispatcher that her husband was acting erratic. She told the dispatcher, or at least what the dispatcher understood, was that he had been smoking marijuana and was talking about the end of the world. He had told his wife that he wanted her to shoot him. Christine informed the dispatcher that there was a gun in the house, but that it was locked in a safe. She also explained that their three sons, all under the age of 13 years old, were also in the house and were frightened by their father. The dispatcher sent officers to the house on a domestic disturbance call. The officers were told that there was a gun in the home, but nobody had possession of the weapon. At some point, though, Christine's husband went to the safe and opened it. He retrieved the loaded gun, and when Christine saw him wielding the weapon, she began to scream. The next thing the dispatcher heard was a pop, and the line went dead. This is Monsters. Richard Kirk was born on May 15, 1966, and said in his interrogation that he grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Though he didn't have an extensive criminal record, he wasn't completely unknown to law enforcement. In 1993, while living in Dallas, Texas, Richard was charged with felony assault. The charges were eventually reduced to misdemeanor charges before they were dropped altogether. Records show that Christine lived in Dallas at that time as well, but it's unclear exactly when they met. Richard was also arrested in Douglas County, Colorado in 2000 for driving under the influence. The couple purchased their home on South St. Paul Street in Denver in 2005, and over the years they had three children together, all boys. Richard had been suffering from serious back pain, which led him to develop an addiction to opioids. When Richard's prescription for pain medication ran out, in an effort to find some alternative relief to his pain, he purchased a single orange ginger candy that had 100 milligrams of THC in it. On April 14, 2014, he returned home and claimed to have eaten about a quarter of the candy. Richard would later claim that it took more than an hour for the effects to begin, but he eventually started feeling quote-unquote weird. He would later explain, quote, It was like I was in a different place. It was like I didn't know. I remember being out on our deck. I remember jumping through my youngest son's window, trying to go through the screen when there's a door right outside of his room. I remember scraping my shins and being sore. At one point, he said he became obsessed with the number on their house and he had one of his sons repeat the numbers to him multiple times. 
It was about 9.30 p.m. that Christine called 911, and Richard Kirk would be arrested at 9.55 p.m. On his way to the police station, in the police cruiser, he admitted to shooting his wife without being questioned, but he was still interviewed by a detective at the Denver police station in an effort to uncover what caused the death of his wife. It was here that Richard's behavior would cause more questions than answers. Are you old enough? It's tough. I can't imagine, but here you go. Are you LDS? What's that? Are you LDS? I'm not. I'm not. You're not LDS, Andrew? I, I know the Latter-day Saints. That's what it stands for. I Am know. I correct? You're, you're helping getting me there, aren't you? I don't know, buddy. I don't know. I, think I apologize are. for not knowing. Oh, it's okay. More about that. Are you married? I am not. Do you have a mom, though? I do. And you know her well? I do. That's what I'm trying to help everyone find. Is there... Yeah. Mom? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the ones they love. That's noble. How come you're not married? And how are you my age? Oh, how old are you? I haven't met What's your name? name? What's your name? I don't even know your name. Richard. Richard, I'm Troy. Troy. Call me Troy. All right. I'm just about 40. How old are you? Have I met you before? I don't think so. Where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in town? Salt Lake. Salt Lake, yeah. I grew up in Denver. And you? Yeah. I like Denver. I like it. Been here my whole life. Only been to uh, Utah one time, Moab. It's beautiful. It is. I went there once too. Yeah. It's gorgeous. The first thing he wants to know is whether or not the detective is LDS, which is Latter-day Saint or Mormon. I get that Denver isn't far from Utah, but it seems fairly random. The detective hasn't even sat down yet, and he's asking what his religious affiliation is. It's only made weirder by Richard asking the detective if he's married and then if he has a mom and if he knows her well. I'm going to preempt this by saying I know that everyone handles stress and trauma differently, but Richard Kirk just pointed a gun at his wife's temple and pulled the trigger. This happened in front of one of their sons. I'm not clear on exactly when he started to blame the marijuana edible. He admitted to killing Christine in the police car and I don't know if he said anything about drugs or hallucinating then, but eventually, according to him. He would never harm his wife, and he only killed her because he was hallucinating and didn't realize that it was her that he was shooting. In my opinion, it's weird that he's so relaxed in this interview. So I want to sit down, obviously, and uh, talk about everything. I don't know if you've ever been through anything like this before. Um, I can't imagine what you're going through. Like this? Well, it's not so much an interrogation like the movies. You know, right. it's not uh, not like it used to be. It's you and I talking mm -hmm. and figuring this out and figuring out what happened. Mm -hmm. I want your side of the story, um, but I'm going to read you your rights. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever? That is the. I'm sure you've seen that on TV. Mm -hmm. All that stuff they talk about. Mm -hmm. Have you ever? gone over your rights before? Anybody ever talked to you about your rights before? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, all right, all right. 
Well, it's something that you and I are going to go over, and I want to be 100% certain that you understand mm -hmm. everything in it. Okay? It's just you and me talking here. If uh, you, well, yeah, there's a camera. There's a camera. Everything I do is recorded. Well, everything in life so far. Anymore, <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> I want you. I want you to be a hundred percent certain. So if you don't understand something that I'm talking about, let me know so we can clarify it. Okay. Okay. I know this is just a ton to be going through. Mm -hmm. All right. Obviously, in any interview or interrogation, the authorities have to make sure the person being interviewed knows their rights. This happens with the person being interviewed signing something that says they understand their rights. In this case, like many others, they are also recording the interview which gives them another level of protection to show that person being interviewed has been read their rights and they understand them and that they haven't been coerced into saying something untrue. And physical things are hurting. You're hurting right now? No, oh, yeah. Are you? Well. Are you okay? I don't know. I think so, but. Do you want me to. Uh, no, I'm just you know, a little We were talking about that. A little shock of everything right. that happened and uh, what transpired. It's like, that's. I understand. Some things that put a toll on a physical body that's almost 50 and not in super great shape. Before the detective can get to the paperwork, Richard mentions that he's hurting. At one point that evening, he had jumped through a bedroom window and scraped up his shin. This is an example of why I don't buy his story. Not only does he yawn like this is just a big bore to him, but he makes the incident about himself. He got hurt and what happened took a toll on his almost 50-year-old body. For someone who just ended his wife's life, he doesn't seem to have any interest in her or his children. This all seems like an inconvenience to him. Do you have a phone number at home there? Mm -hmm. How about a cell phone? What's the best way that I can get a hold of you? Well, I don't have any of that with me now. My brother. Your brother? Yeah. What's your brother? They, they stripped everything from me, so... Well, okay, okay. But you have a cell phone? Or you had a cell phone that the police officers have right now? I don't know if they have it or if it's at my house. Okay, know. we'll figure all that out. What's, what's the phone number for that phone? Are you supposed to ask me all these questions or... You don't have to answer it. You don't have to answer anything you don't want. I mean, I don't know why that's you're... That's cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I just wanted to know the best way that I... If I had to call you... No, I just wanted to what call my... Um, my brother. Yeah. Are you supposed to be asking all these questions? Well, you put a gun to your wife's head and pulled the trigger, jackass. So yes, we're going to have some questions. Again, this seems like it's all a big inconvenience to him, but I think he's trying to make himself seem out of it, to try to make it look like drugs affected him more than they actually did. This is displayed here when the detective finally goes over his Miranda rights. Okay. So the first one is you have a right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used as evidence against you in court. You have a right to talk to a lawyer before questioning 
and have him present during questioning. If you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you without cost to you for questioning. Do you understand each of these rights that I've read to you? I was kind of spaced out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He's being read his rights after murdering his wife and he's claiming he was spacing out and giggling about it. I'm sorry, but that's a load of bullshit. I understand that drugs can affect people differently, but I don't believe that he got that intoxicated. But let's say he did. Why would that matter? If someone got drunk and beat someone to death, they'd still be charged with murder, even though they were intoxicated at the time. The fact that they ingested something that affected their behavior doesn't mean they're not responsible for their actions. Sean McAllister, a Denver-based marijuana business attorney who co-wrote Amendment 64, which legalized recreational pot in Colorado, said, quote, Our position is that marijuana doesn't cause violence. The person with the mental illness caused the violence. His own mental illness and decisions he made are to blame. The other question I haven't seen asked is how his opioid withdrawals may have also affected his behavior. Agitation and anxiety are two symptoms of opioid withdrawals as well as muscle aches. Richard told the detective that he was hurting. Was it not possible that he was showing signs of opioid withdrawal? Nobody can know for sure what was going on with Richard at the time of the murder, and I can only give my opinion, but these devil's advocate scenarios seem irrelevant to me. He seems to be acting odd purposefully to bolster his the weed made me do it defense. I mean, I'll sign well, I can something. Tell, I can tell you I'll this isn't a trick. Stuff. I will not step on your rights, but no, I just not. will not. You know, this is this is what we are afforded um, as Americans in, in this country. Every you and me. We voted, and and we have the right to bear arms. We do. Yes. I know we do. What? What does the Second Amendment have to do with anything in this interview? It doesn't. He's trying to be nonsensical. He's trying to seem like he's not on the same page as the detective. His behavior during this entire interview is either fake out of it or laughing and joking. What basically what this is is that do do you know where you are right now? Not exactly. It's a little blue office and seemed like I saw people scurry and kind of run away. Honestly, I have no idea where I am right now. Right. I, don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm in police station. You are. Or, yeah. Okay. You're at, uh, you're at Denver Police Headquarters. I didn't realize where anyone was taking me or anything. I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, that's a lot to go through. Everything happens fast. And that's where I am? This is what a police station Do you know looks like? This is, this is what an interview room looks like. You're at, a uh, lot of money. How come there's all this? <laughs> Well, we use we use uh, yeah, we use this guy. This. Camera, but you got a hole in the carpet here. My foot's about to go through some kind of metal apparatus. <laughs> right, it's not like it is on TV. This is Denver. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in bad shape. I get it, but it's not TV. because of me. It's because what are y'all? What's going on? I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I'm not trying to make you feel. You know, you watch those old movies and stuff well, like that. Who is interested in the truth? You, you me. You it's you and me right here. I, so far, nobody's been interested in the truth. Well, I'm a detective. That's what I do. Do you know what a detective does? Yeah, looks into things. Do you know why? Finds out why that happened. Why? What? Why anything. Who? The, the truth of it. The truth. That's it, right there. Remember that Columbo? 
No, I'm not like Columbo. Are you better than Columbo? <laughs> I'm not better than Columbo, no. <laughs> this TV, this is the real world. <laughs> this is the real world. We're in deep crap then. So are you on my I side or not on my side? I'm on the side of the truth, but that's it. If you're going to tell me the truth, then I'm on your side. Wow, that's a big if these days. Goodness. Figuring out who's going to listen. I mean, even I... I, I don't tell the truth. You don't? No, not well, always. Because well, I'm not always, always honest. Well, I'm I don't think any of us are always. I'm in a material world. I can't. I'm like, whoa, did I just, I can't just go around explaining everything. I would be in much more trouble than I am now if I just said what I thought every time I said it by my wife. Goodness. Well? I, I'm jittery. I'm all worked up. You know, I understand. I've been through a lot. Right. I really have. This, That's has been, this is probably, well, man, down there's a complete truth and absolute. And that's why I was called. And again, he makes it about himself. Quote, I've been through a lot. Yeah, and your wife was murdered and your children were present, but you've been through a lot. No, someone who is coming down from a high that made them unintentionally murder someone would be freaking the fuck out. Richard's laughing and joking and talking about his own victimization, and he continues to focus on himself. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you taking me on a journey? I don't know. I don't know. Man, you're true. I don't even know you, but I feel like I've known you forever. I'm... Oh, I do you believe me that that's all I'm looking for is the truth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I do. He's your savior. Mm-hmm. He's mine too. My wife and kid children. Even that's my, even mine. My life. Right. Right. So that's I want to. That, that's where I'm at. Okay. And I'm wondering if that's where you're at too. I don't know. We both. I'm following you. Well, I'm following you. So I guess it's us. Right? Where do we go? Well. Because we're in here now. Do you know? I don't know, but like I said. What do we talk about? You were, you were there, and I wasn't there. And so what I want from you. Is the truth. The truth. Who else can be in here with us? Uh, Don't we need two? No. I think we do. Two what? Two detectives? Two people, yeah, other than you and me and, and the camera. You you have, right now I'm sitting here all alone in the whole world and eternity universe. You, are you also? Mm-hmm. Are you, am, am I scaring you? Is, no. Is that what you mean? No, you're not no. scaring me. Okay, good. Am I scaring you? No, no. I think you and I can figure this all out. You won't believe what I've been through. Have you been through the same? 
I don't know. I don't know. Richard, I want you to put me standing next to you when everything happened. You make me see what you saw. All right? You know how you do that? Mm-hmm. You explain in detail with the truth, and you and I will get to the bottom of this. You have no idea what I've been through. What about your wife and children? The only thing on Richard's mind is Richard. He only wants to talk to the detective in a context that makes him out to be the victim. He doesn't want to talk about what he did to his wife. He wants to talk about what the marijuana edible did to him. Let's go through this again. I want to make sure you understand this. Because I will not step on your rights, bud. I won't do it. Rights are one thing. We also have to have love and, and truth. Right. I'm just wondering what, what the truth is right now. I don't know to trust myself. You don't trust yourself? No, not right now. Do you feel like... You're new to me, Brandon. Right, I, I, seen, I understand. I've a lot of people. I'm like, yes, you're doing a very good job of talking to me and telling me, kind of taking me on a, a bit of an emotional and... Is this developed by core? <laughs> by what? The, the common core curriculum or something? This type of interrogation I don't I, I this is feel, you and me talking I this know. is not but then you got a camera maybe there's four I don't know it's no. just kind of cool I mean just it looks, that's does it. it does it spit does it can it shoot something at me <laughs> no absolutely not it's just looking, absolutely not who's on the other end of it the recorder that's it and right now at this particular it's you time and you, I. Can, you can guarantee me that it's just a recording right now and nobody's staring into the water going, what are they talking about right now? I don't, I can't guarantee you. I don't know Have I watched too many video games? Ever watched them beyond the <laughs> back? Or, or what? Well, Am I listen. into it too far? The recording, what do you think that's for? That's to document everything that you and I talk about. Right. That's so that I can't tell anybody that you said something that you didn't say. Right. Right. Works both ways. You can't say that I came in here, beat you up, you know. <laughs> no, you didn't do that. It's a lot different than than what you see in movies and stuff like that. So this is kind this of this is you and me talking. No, you're not being booked in. You're not. This is I you when and me you talking. Miranda writes that meant the person was under arrest, but you were just telling it's true. Them what they were. Right, we're going over your we're going over your rights because at this point right here, you are not free to leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know you're at you're at Denver Police Headquarters. It's hard for me not to talk, but oh man, what is this? Is it just water like I asked for? I promise you, it's just water. You want some more? Yes, please. I don't know, get you some. I gotta hydrate my body a little bit. I kind of been put to the arena. I believe it. I, mean, I believe it wasn't. It. Yeah, back and forth. It was. Uh, mm. Do you want to talk with me? Sure. All right. Let's go through this again. Let's go see someone from the church, though, while we do it. I can't. An attorney from the church. An attorney from the church. Yeah. Do you want to talk to an attorney from the church? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been put through the ringer. 
I played almost this entire interview and he almost never mentions his wife. He's in the Denver police headquarters being interviewed about the murder of his wife and he says almost nothing about her. He mentions how he feels multiple times. He's hurting. He's been through a lot. He's been put through the ringer. He has no interest in his dead wife or now orphaned children. During the investigation into Christine's murder, investigators found out that the couple were having financial difficulties and that Richard was known to have a short temper. On top of his previous arrest for assault in Texas, a family member said that Richard had road rage issues and that he always seemed to be on the verge of being out of control. Christine's stepfather said, quote, We're not surprised that he shot someone. It's just that we didn't think it would be a family member. Others said that Richard had a nasty streak and Christine had told a colleague that she, quote, wanted to tell him that she didn't love him anymore. These details help clarify what the reality of the situation actually might have been. Not a man who ate a piece of THC-laced candy and hallucinated to the point of killing his wife, but of a man who already had rage issues who killed his wife and tried to claim the marijuana made him do it. In 2017, Richard Kirk pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. That was on the higher end of the sentencing guidelines because, like many people, the judge also didn't buy his story. Richard also agreed to relinquish custody of his three sons to Christine's parents. Of course, opponents of legalized marijuana still want to blame the drug for the death of Christine Kirk. That, along with two suicides that happened in Denver within a year of her death where the victims had ingested marijuana edibles. But the reality is that, since the legalization of marijuana in many states, there's been no significant change in crime rates and there's no recognizable pattern of people committing crime after taking marijuana edibles. If someone committed a violent crime because of a reaction to a marijuana edible, it would definitely not be the norm. It's also important to note that many people use marijuana edibles to treat depression, so if someone took their own life after consuming an edible, it could have been the result of the depression and not the edible itself. I'm not saying that's what happened in the previously mentioned cases, just that immediately blaming the edible seems flawed. There was also a bit of controversy over the response time after Christine called 911. She was on the phone with the dispatcher for about 13 minutes, during which time the dispatcher only told officers that there was a domestic dispute and that nobody in the house had possession of the gun. That detail obviously changed, but the dispatcher didn't immediately relay that to the officers. The officers discovered the detail in the dispatcher's notes and made the decision on their own to increase the alert code to the highest level. By the time officers arrived on the scene, Christine was dead. An internal investigation found no wrongdoing by the officers as they reacted appropriately with the information they had, but the dispatcher was fired. After his conviction, Richard Kirk did an interview where he maintained that the marijuana edible caused him to hallucinate and kill his wife, and as long as he refuses to take responsibility for her death, it's unlikely he'll be granted parole. That means our society will likely get a full 30 years without that monster in it. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE.
That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. This website is set up so that at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught seeking help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline by simply dialing 988 in the United States. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and will talk to you about any mental health issue you may be facing. Thanks so much for letting me tell you this story. If you enjoyed it, subscribe on whatever platform you're on, hit like, rate us, or leave us a comment. You can also check out our other show, Somewhere Sinister, on YouTube or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, check out our new merch at Teespring. The link is in the description. Thanks again, and be safe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.